Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Mystic Chick here. It's about that time to, okay, you know what? I'm just going to be honest with everyone. This is where I put my foofy drinks, and I just, it completely escaped me this week. Um, I am drinking coffee with dark chocolate almond milk in it, and it's good, so there's that. But um, get ready to get settled into a big puffy cloud of positive energy to contemplate another morsel of mystic goodness, which this week is the Halloween Spectacular. Yay! <clears throat> okay, so Virgo last, are you there? Probably not. Let's see. Still playing with these things. This is... um. This is a new setup with Blog Talk Radio. I haven't been on here for a while, and um, I didn't used to be able to have co-hosts joining me on the um, studio, in the studio section of the thing, so I don't even know. Um, okay, Virgo West, can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. Oh, all right. <laughs> it's like, it's um, like a seance. Virgo West, are you out there? Have we made a connection? <laughs> I can't. Okay, you know what? Don't blame me. Blame Mercury Retrograde. <laughs> Always. <laughs> oh, my a rough God. One this time. It is really rough. I mean, I really do feel like I sent you the meme of the black, really, really chubby, furry, fluffy cat with the, his head and a piece of toast. I don't know. Like That's how I feel. <laughs> I just, I'm wearing a crown of toast. Um, okay, so toast. I don't... That's all I got. Um, Were you able to find any, like, foofy – it's it's the Halloween episode, so I'm going to have to, like, go to my list. (laughs) Did you happen to find any foofy drinks? I did, but they're all on my Pinterest, so I can't really name them. (laughs) There was actually quite a few of them named Witch's Brew, you know, not shocking. And oh. most of them were just kind of like, you know, um, I don't know, just like sparkling lemonade with um, like some vodka or rum or like a blue, and I'm probably butchering this name, blue Caraco, because that makes it look oh, like all purple awesome. and pretty and like something that was brewed in a cauldron. Hmm. Yeah. But right now I I'm drinking a hot toddy, so... <laughs> <laughs> See, I should have added some Baileys to my coffee, but I just, I'm not there yet because eventually I may need to get on the elliptical machine. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody's ever worked out tipsy. It just doesn't go well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a bad thing. Oh, my gosh. I still remember the 5K through Lincoln Park Zoo that I ran in my 20s completely and utterly hungover and on three hours of sleep. That was a bad time. Yeah, man. We did not appreciate being in our 20s, like, you know, as much as we should have. Not that I was ever running a 5K. Like, just so you know about Virgo Lass, Virgo Lass does not run 5Ks ever, let alone when she's hungover. In her 20s, she was sleeping in and going to brunch or maybe going to work and trying to, like, hold it together. (laughs) Well, I think the funniest part about that 5K, which happened to be through Lincoln Park Zoo, first of all, I felt like the animals were mocking me the whole time. (laughs) That girl does not have it together. Um, But Mm -hmm. the other thing was, 
I just, because I was really, I mean, I was really sleep deprived. Like my eyes were bleary. I misread the signs. And for some reason I thought that I only had like, I don't know, a quarter of a mile left, but I really had like a mile or more left, maybe two. (laughs) And I, whatever it was, it was way longer. And so like, I just started trucking, like I was moving towards the finish line. And then I just kept feeling sticker and sticker because I'm like, where's the finish line? (laughs) (laughs) And I kept pushing myself, but it was, it was not pretty. So yeah. Hmm. But yeah, in your twenties, you just think, you know, you don't even realize how like how Teflon-y you are. But um, then one day you wake up and you're just not in your twenties anymore. It happens for everybody at different points. Sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, if they if people are really like resilient, they could wake up one day at thirty seven and realize they're not in their twenties anymore. I I don't know exactly when it happened for me. How about you? Do you know? Yeah, my in my. 30s I was still okay I was still trucking along pretty good you know I mean like it's definitely like the hangovers were harsher but I still held my own and then when I turned 40 it's like my tolerance just switched off like a light switch and there were quite a few embarrassing nights before I realized that and like you know hangovers I was trash. And so now I have just embraced the fact that I'm a lightweight and I can't handle more than a couple of drinks. And I usually only drink when I go out, but you know, that I don't go out anymore because there's a virus out there. So now I just stay inside and I pour a little baker's mark into my tea and that's going to be what, how we're partying these days. <laughs> yeah, it's a different world. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, like uh, for a while thing. I was like, okay, I'm only going to drink when I go out. And I was doing that really well for a while. And then this happened and quarantine happened. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. We're drinking again. We're drinking from home. It's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and it works out to be more cost efficient. So there's that. It is true. It is true. Although when everybody starts going to bars again, like all the bartenders are going to be super annoyed with people who have been like, you know, doing their own heavy pours at home. Oh, gosh. <laughs> heavy pours. Um, so, like, it's speaking of, though, I did find a couple drinks. Um, I thought they looked interesting. One, um, I don't even know what's in it, but they call it liquid web cocktails. And Ooh. it just looks really great. It has, like, little spider things floating on the top and I just like anything with some sort of like extra protein in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sure like, they have those you know, all over Australia. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So then it depends on the part of the world that you have a cocktail like this. Is it going to be an appetizer or a meal? <laughs> if you're in Australia, <laughs> how big are the spiders? <laughs> I was about to say that, like, yeah, it was just, like, like a tarantula, like, sticking out of it, like a celery stalk. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? And they are really, I've heard, I know t- people keep tarantulas as pets. I've heard they're very easygoing as spiders go, but I uh, still... I'm not a spider person. Like that's a, that's a hard nope for me. Like when I met my <laughs> husband, I went into his room the first time and he had a... um 
like a taxidermied wolf eating spider from Australia mounted on his wall. And I just walked in the room and I looked at that and I said, Oh, that's gotta go. <laughs> I mean, he still has, have a decor has it. He just has it like stuffed in a closet now. <laughs> okay. With the beer mirrors, <laughs> the dead spider. <laughs> he used to um, like hide my, like my Christmas presents under there. Cause he knew I would never look. Ew. Okay. Oh, I did find one drink, and now I have to ask you, this is like kind of a two-part thing, because the drink is called Death in the Afternoon Cocktail, which, okay, you had me there. It's champagne. <laughs> it's Ooh, champagne I like it mixed, with ab- mixed with absinthe. <laughs> Ooh, that's dangerous. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's going to live up to its name. <gasps> I do because okay, they say anything with bubbles is going to hit you faster, um, and yeah. then the absence is its own beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and I don't know. I've only had absence once, and honestly, it tasted slimy to me. Um, and I don't know if that was just me. Maybe I had a bad batch, but. It just, it was green and black licorice with a hint of slime. Yeah. And salt. Yeah. I've, I've only ever had it, like, you know, just as, like, just as, like, an ingredient, you know, like, oh, I have this, you know, cocktail and there's some absinthe in it. But I usually try to stay away from those because I'm just not a fan of black licorice flavor. So I've never, like, you know, gotten absinthe <laughs> drunk before. <laughs> Yeah, I just, um, I, I don't even know how popular the Jaeger stuff is anymore because I've been out of the um, the party circuit for quite some time. We're not going to say how long. I'm going to say that I'm only 25 and it's only been like a year. But, um, <laughs> exactly. But, By 24, you were like, okay, my days are done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done now. I'm, I'm a mature adult. I don't need those kinds of things. Um, so, and I'm trying to... Uh, secondly, sorry, I'm kind of like darting all over the place. I'm going to make apologies in advance if anybody, uh, here's my dogs. I have, I had a dog. I had two dogs actually, and I'm not going to get all sad right now. This is a spooktacular. It's time for, you know, but my, my big, big hundred pounds fluffy ball of black fuzziness died over the summer, his name was Gabe. I'm saying this more for everybody else than you. You know, <laughs> for reference sake, um, Gabriel and um, my angel puppy. And so this is, it's hard because it's my first Halloween without my, my angel baby. And it's, he was with me for 10 years. But um, we did last weekend adopt another dog. So we have Sasha, who's my, my little mountain cattle dog, who's about 60 pounds, and then we just adopted. I'm not sure what he is, but he's, he's about 50 pounds. <laughs> um, we think that he's Stafford, American Staffordshire Terrier mixed with um, a mountain cur or a Tennessee treeing hound. He was from Tennessee, so it's, it's, both of those are from Tennessee. But um, he is insane. But his name is Oberon Luke Purcell, so I'm going to give a shout-out to Obi. Oh, my God, I love um, it. And, oh, and Sasha. Obi and Sasha. And so, um, but they may be loud. And he was, he's actually very quiet and stealthy. But um, so I was like, oh, you know, he's not a mountain cur because I read on the thing that, you know, they have this weird high-pitched howly thing 
And it was like day six of having him, and then he did it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, that's unusual and ear piercing. <laughs> so if this happens, I'm apologizing in advance, but he's been pretty quiet today. Um, his other thing is he loves to, he cuts through things really, 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 really fast with his teeth and um, has destroyed um, <laughs> I can't even say it. $120 worth of dog beds in the last week. One oh week we bought. A... <laughs> I just can't even. I'm sorry. This is so painful. One of them, because we, we thought we learned our lesson, we got the Kong super strong, indestructible dog bed. And then um, he was left alone with it for. <laughs> 20 minutes and completely shredded it apart. He was all, oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> I will post a picture of that somewhere, either on the show page or Facebook, because I did take a picture. It was so horrifying. But um, so if there are any noises, well, I guess howling, though, would be appropriate for the Halloween spectacular. Howling would be appropriate, yes. And, like, you know, my cat is right now, like, at the closed bedroom door and is very disgruntled with me that I'm not letting him in. So you might might hear some crying on this end, too. But, um, yeah, howling and, you know, like, screechy cats, like, it's all very appropriate. So maybe we planned it that way. <laughs> this is good. Well, yes, and I do have. I feel like a, a zoo right now, and I do have a cat also. Just shout out to Joey. <laughs> but he's been a very good boy, and he's 16 years old, and he's put up with um, the dog. Both the dogs love him too much, but um, the other dog actually like sat on him today and just laid down and went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> What? You didn't check with me. Like personal boundaries. Move my bubble. Like what? So, um, but yeah, he started trying to carry him in his mouth, like by the, the nape of his neck, like a nurturing thing, but that's so helpful. So anyways, I, I think everything's calm right now, but um, if there is any screeching. But yeah, I think I, I think that we should just, any screechy cat noises or howling from here on out throughout the show, not just this episode, but just in general, I think it should be kind of like our background music. Like that's kind of like our thing now. Yeah, exactly. Like how other people have, like, you know, the intro and the outro. It's like, you know, we have like howling and screeching cats. <laughs> there you go and once I get it together I actually may put in some sort of musical intro but you know that requires more effort than I'm willing to invest in this moment of my I'm spread too thin <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly everybody we are like you know perhaps one day we will have all the bells and whistles of the podcast that you listen to on Apple, but we're not quite there yet. So bear with us. <laughs> we yeah. are, are it's in progress. Process. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I want to take a moment out and everybody should do this. Just a moment of silence to just embrace where you are in your life. Just take a moment and feel yourself from your toes going all the way up and just accept yourself just just be with yourself for a moment and be 
okay with whatever is happening. Just let it flow right past you. Just take that moment. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe out all that negativity. Okay, are we ready to move on? I think we're ready. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) we have um, so much to talk about. Luckily, we do have an hour because there is – there's so much to get into. Um, and I was just kind of like thinking about haunted places. I was thinking about like creepy places to eat. I was thinking about all these weird things. I don't know. Like was anything top of mind for you? Because I was just going to start talking about haunted places otherwise. Well, as I mentioned in the last uh, podcast that we did, which if there's anybody listening right now and you're listening for the first time, this can be encouragement for you to go back and listen to the last one. As a proper Virgo last, I've really never had any spooky encounters. Um, like I think that there was a ghost living in our upstairs apartment in our old place, but she never made it down to us. And um, I just kind of like tune them out. I'm a, bit, I'm a big old introvert, so I just don't even really like talking to people who are alive. So I'm just not that interested in talking to dead people. However, Mystic Chick talks to dead people all the time. So I thought that maybe for this episode, I could kind of do a little interview with her. (laughs) This will be interesting. (laughs) I hope I can deliver. (laughs) All right. It's it's on. (laughs) All right. Question number one. So when did you first start sensing ghosts? Like, when did you realize that you had this gift? Oh, my. That's an interesting question. Um, You know, in some ways, I think it's kind of hard to sift out because there's a lot of different ways to feel things and, and sense things that I feel like in some ways it's been with me all my life. But... In other ways, kind of like when I really started to drill down, it was probably in my mid-20s. When I, I, You have to kind of put some effort into it, um, practicing with different kind of meditations, working on uh, – they do say that, like, working with different divinatory tools helps kind of open you up in different ways. So um, that kind of stuff, working with that stuff helps me kind of – get a a sense of how to like constructively uh, deal with some of the sensory information I was taking in. And what made you start like, you know, pursuing that area? Like, um, did you kind of like, you know, were you talking to people? Did you like, you know, stumble into a metaphysical store one day? Did you like, you know, like go into like, you know, some sort of scroll hole on the internet? Like, you know, back when we were like using Netscape Navigator. Oh, wait, never mind. You're 25. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sort of like, you know, yes. Because it wasn't even a thing to like really even research anything online. It was so funny. It was like, yes, I sat at my computer and I turned on my dial up. <laughs> <laughs> and I waited. Thank I waited you. to. Uh, <laughs> and then when it finally came up, I clicked on dog pile so I could do a search. <laughs> and on the interweb. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. I'm really dating myself right now. Um. And I also like to uh, make my kids 
like amazed by saying, yeah, I didn't start using email until college. And I remember my first email exchange. (laughs) Yep. Same. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I remember the first one I sent and I was in college and I was like, I considered myself a pretty smart cookie, but I'm like, Hey, I just write this out and I press a button and they're just going to get it. (laughs) Wow. The miracles of technology. And sometimes they didn't because, you know, the internet would freeze up and then you would just have to like wait until three days later when the dialogue felt like playing again. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was so bad. No, but um, so it happened in bits and pieces over my life. And I, I really think that I was drawn to it from a very young age, but I didn't know how to channel it. And so I felt very close to the dead when I was very young. And, um, we did kind of like spent a lot of time walking through cemeteries growing up and that sort of thing and kind of felt like cemeteries were a very comforting place. Um, I felt more at home in a cemetery than I felt walking around a normal neighborhood or in a city. Um, And there were things that I, like I picked up a book on tarot reading at, I think it was the Elmwood Park Library was having a book sale, and I actually bought it there when I was in, like, junior high. (laughs) (laughs) And I kept it, and I didn't even know why I bought it, and I didn't even understand it, and I never read it. And I I carried it around with me for, like, 15 years from, you know, moving to, gosh, I don't even know how many places. And then one day I finally opened it up. But, I mean, I started – I know my aunt sent me my first crystal when I was like in seventh grade and I started like when I got it in the mail, it was like this big cardboard box and I opened it and it was super heavy and it was this big rose quartz chunk and I picked it up in my hands. It was so cool, but I like picked it up in my hands and I'm like, it was like coming home. Like it felt so wonderful. And I realized like just drawn to all the energies from rocks and crystals and minerals and just how they all feel so different and like you need different things in your life at different times and all that. And it was just like almost like a drug. And when I started feeling it off of the crystals, I was actually then able to kind of like it, it interested me. And I realized that you could go, I started sensing things in, different ways in other areas. And so it was kind of like this path that went on for years and years. And I really think the tipping point though was when my sister, I was in grad school, I was like getting ready to do my thesis, I think like way back when, and I don't even want to say what year, but um, she paid for a reading for me. And um, that's when this woman, like, I don't know what she did, what kind of like, you know, Juju, she worked, but, like, after that, I was never the same. I, like, couldn't – I couldn't learn enough about it. I couldn't practice enough with stuff. It was intoxicating. I feel like we need some backstory for our listeners that this girl right here, like, back in grammar school, junior high, high school, the smartest girl in our class, won the science fair every single year. We thought where she was going to, like, you know, go into STEM and be, like, you know, some kind of, like, you know, like, crazy, like, you know, scientist who would, like, you know, invent a weather machine or something like that and cure global warming. Oh, my. <laughs> but, like, I wonder if that's, like, something that kind of, like, kept you from, like, opening up that 
you know, tarot book because you were just like, no, no, this isn't me. I can't get an A if I read this. <laughs> no, that is true. I mean, I think I, I definitely pushed down. You can't be intuitive and sensitive and focused on math. <laughs> it's, just, it's really hard. Um, and I was in the math club for a while. <laughs> but, um, you had a math club? <laughs> I was... I, I did not go I did not last long in math club because I was I worked really, really hard in school and I was studying all the time and I think that there were there were multiple days a week where I was getting like four hours of sleep pretty much through my entire between high school and college and grad school it happened quite a bit. But um mm-hmm. it was I had been tired. I was like doing all this homework and then they're like, Okay, get on a bus, we're gonna go you're in the math club, okay, that's great. Now go sit in this auditorium and take a math test. And, like, I did that several times. And then I'd get home at, like, I don't even know what time, late at night. And then I'd have to go and do homework and math and everything else until, like, midnight. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I can't. It, it's just yep. not worth it yep. for me. <laughs> oh, good times. <laughs> I was going to ask, when did you go into your first haunted house, though? Like, you know, what was, like, the first spirit you encountered? Oh, gosh. That one's hard, too, because <laughs> this is such a weird conversation. So my life, I mean, it's really, it's always been with me. And I, I'm not, like, trying to say I'm special by any means, because I think that I really like deep down fundamentally believe that everyone has the capacity for these other ways of taking in information. Um, and I think that just like, you know, art or sports or other things like that, that, you know, some people are just naturally better at things than others. And I think that some people with practice can get really great. And then there's other things that they could try as hard as they want, but they're not going to be ever really that great at them. Um, but there's so many different ways to go with all this stuff. So it's all, it's all good. But, um, since I was really little, like when I was two, um, I sensed the energy from the tree in my yard. It was willow and, um, it was this weird, like comforting energy that was, that tree was my first friend. I would hang out with that tree. If I sat with the tree, it made me feel better and um, it just was this, like, amazing, like, bond with a tree, and I was two. So, like, it it was just weird things throughout the years, um, just sensing the energy off of not only, like, things in graveyards, but, like, just the things in the natural world, too. Um, <laughs> and just being in houses, I think, over and over, over the years that just felt off for some reason. And it just kind of, then you would find out later that something was wrong with it or whatever. But um, my first haunted, haunted house, geez, probably I want to say in my twenties. <laughs> was it like, was it around here or was it in a different state? No, it was like out in the country and it was, you know, I think when you're, like, not prepared for it, you just kind of are immensely freaked out and you want to leave. You know, it was just like an old 
farmhouse situation. But I was um, feeling a little evil dead. <laughs> wait, what? I was feeling a little evil dead. Just, yeah, just, oh my God. happened in the little, woods. <laughs> oh, oh, watch out for the vines. <laughs> I'll get you every time. <laughs> um, I think that there's like several layers to haunted houses. And it's something that um, over the course of working with, I, I have a passion for negative energy. I mean, energy in any form, you know, positive energy is awesome when you can get some of that. But, um, but like it's there's this weird like I can sense negative energy really easy and um it's just it's just been a very strange um time kind of feeling all that out but now I can't even remember the question I got thrown off by the negative energy oh here so anyways so it's it's funny because that's what negative energy does it kind of like breaks up your thinking. But um, so I have like working with all this stuff for so long, I really think that it is, you have different types of energy and they all work together. And so you have the ley lines, you have like all the, the like magnetic energy of the earth and all that stuff. And um, in order for it to all balance out, you have areas of positive energy that flow into areas of negative energy, almost like a, um, like a wave. It keeps going back and forth, positive to negative. And then they kind of crisscross each other. And so you have these spots where the energy is just insanely, amazingly wonderful. And then you have these spots where the energy is just really, really terrible, like, you know, the Bermuda Triangle. And so um, there's so there's that. So sometimes you people are drawn to, say they build a house and it's on just an environmentally bad energy point um even if they have the best intentions things end up going wrong in the house it's either something like the person whatever their relationship is they may um, end up having marital problems Um, sometimes you'll have somebody kill themselves in the house Um, just financial troubles all that stuff like the their life force starts getting sucked away and it's actually what what's happening because if you build anything and you're living on a an extremely negative energy point the negative energy siphons off the positive and so you know people get really sick in houses like that um and sometimes there's no explanation for it but that's usually kind of what's happening now that's just that's the environmental part now then you add on like different layers. So you could also then have just a regular house in a regular place. And I'm just using a house as an example, but it could be, you know, um, some sort of sacred ground or all kinds of different things. But for this conversation, we'll say house. Then you have a house and it is just kind of bodding along. It's on a spot. It's the energy's fine. Great. Something happens there, though. An accident happens. Those things happen. Somebody dies. If that person is not aware or wasn't ready to go or that sort of thing, then they do attach themselves to that house or sometimes to a piece of furniture or some other, like, belonging. Um, 
and in that situation, then it's just like, okay, that particular person needs to, you know, they need to know that they need to pass on and go to the light and all that. And then the energy is usually like fine again um, after all that. But sometimes you have the negative energy place and then you have the accidents happen and the illnesses and all this other stuff and you have people dying and so then you have these ghosts and they're in a negative energy place and it's just it's really really intense because then they start getting um it's there's more of a possibility that they'll kind of go poltergeisty like it's just Ooh. not it's it's ugly it's icky um you really don't want any part of it and yes those things can't affect you so like you can walk in there and be fine but the problem is that if you spend long enough in there because of you know the fact that it's a negative energy point to begin with or that sort of thing it will start siphoning off and once your energy lowers um the lower your energy goes the more open you are more vulnerable you are for things like ghosts or whatever to be a problem for you you know maybe you'll start seeing them maybe you'll just start getting um sick more often Maybe you'll uh, start getting insomnia or having panic attacks or things like that. So it's just kind of, and when you're in a situation like that, cleansing a ghost is not going to solve the problem because of the negative energy that is underneath. And so it will just invite more stuff. And the only thing you could really do at that point is move away from that spot. Like whether it is, someplace you work, um, I'd consider getting a different job or working remotely or things like that. If it's a home, I would say just move out, do whatever you need to do, um, because nothing is going to get better if you stay there, if that makes sense. No, it does. I was just thinking about the HH Homes house. Like, uh, Did you ever like, visit that spot? No, I have not, actually, and I was, I was really uh, meaning to go there because that actually seems that was a really interesting story. Yeah, for people who aren't who aren't aware of the story, um AJ Holmes was I think one of the first like known serial killers like during the first world fair like through like you know the 1800s when we were still like you know a little baby Chicago over here. Like, you know, he just kind of like <laughs> used all of these people who were like, you know, coming to um, go to the world fair to like, you know, entice people into like this hotel that he built that was basically a house of horrors. Oh yeah. That was actually ingenious, like in a horrible way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, really the fact that he came up with all that was really, Wow. Yeah, like yeah, he's like I a full-on architect. Wow, that is that is what you do not want in in your uh, sociopath. You do not want somebody who can uh, do some really great architectural design and want to kill people. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, like totally one of those sociopaths. When he was like, you know, he was young, he was handsome, he was super charismatic, which you know. Charisma and good energy are two different things, but it's really easy to get them mixed up. Wait, I'm sorry. What was that? You were breaking up. 
But I said that charisma and good energy are two very different things, but it's very easy to get them confused. Oh, my goodness. Well, okay, so here's a point, though, like just a Something to uh, make sure that, especially the ladies out there, <laughs> it's like yep. if you ever, like if you ever get a feeling like being either in a place that, like, oh, I shouldn't be here, get out. <laughs> yeah, I don't care exactly. if it's like a house that feels wrong, a a part of town that feels wrong, a dark alley, get out. The secondly. Um, if you're dating, if you go on a date with a guy and honestly now with all these like apps and whatnot, like there's all these different ways to meet somebody in a blind date fashion. Um, and you don't know anything about them and you're showing up for just coffee or whatever they're saying, lunch or all these apps. I don't know. But, um, it's like, if you get a weird feeling, wait, what? The Netflix and chill. Netflix and chill. Oh, Um, if you get a weird feeling like that first impression and I've had this actually happen where it it hits you in the first 10 seconds something will happen Mm -hmm. in your gut and it's just like and I've I've seen it play out like I've ignored that feeling before and and it never ever went well and it usually went like and you can tell the level like right away too like oh this guy's going to be annoying or oh, my gosh, this guy is trouble. I would really do not waste your time. But then you're like, well, but I came all the way out here, and what's just, right. you know, a cup Let of coffee? Give and... a chance. I don't want to be judgy. Yes. And, and then, yeah, just, and then, then maybe he'll be, like, this really great guy who's opening doors for you and, like, you know, paying for all of your drinks and, you know, it's just, like, you know, like, really sitting there making heavy eye contact and listening to everything you say. And you're like, no, I was wrong. This guy is great. No, no, seriously, listen to those red flags. Your initial impression yeah. was probably the right one. Yes. And so, and that's the same kind of, if you can imagine that feeling, that is the same kind of feeling that if you're tuned in enough you can feel off of places and uh, different things like that. Like, if something feels wrong, you'll know it right away. So when did you, like, you know, start, like, you know, having people call you in to, like, banish their ghosts? (laughs) Well, first of all, it's not like – because it's it's any sort of energy thing. So I have done work that was outside of just ghosts um, that was still finding, you know, problems with different places that happen to be just, just man-made problems um, because they're all on kind of the same continuum. They're just energy disturbances. They can be, have different causes. But um, I would say, geez, the last 15 years, maybe it's hard. I've been doing this for so long now. It's like, wow, when was that first time? Um, But it's just, it, I've always been kind of like, like I've gotten a lot of calls over the years, like, Oh, you know, so-and-so it's usually like a friend of a friend, so-and-so's house, you know, there's this problem in this one area, like, you know, the dog won't go in there or things like that. And um, this one case, uh, it was a converted, what was it, a converted, like, pantry kind of thing. And it had been, like, it was a, a house that was built in, I think, the late 1800s or very early 1900s. And 
it had been like an outdoor area that they had kind of extended and like incorporated into the house or something. And so um, when I would walk into the space, like the rest of the house felt fine. Like everything, even the basement that was like, you could, you know, see some of the, the original like stonework and that sort of thing. Everything felt fine except in this one little spot. And um, it just felt like a little cool it felt off. The dog just would refuse to even go in that space. And so um, I just kind of like knew that something had happened there. And like I, I knew somebody had passed, but I like couldn't quite understand why because it just didn't really seem to make any sense at the time. A lot of these things um, don't make sense at the time. That intuitive information, your brain wants to use logic to explain everything and sometimes you're picking up on stuff so subtly that your brain can't make sense of it and so your brain tries to explain it away as nonsense because it just can't understand what the message is and sometimes you need to simmer with it sometimes it just it hits you in a different way but um it turned out that there was there had been like a cistern underneath this area and that um, they were like outdoor kind of like half wells and kids used to drown in those. Um, and so Ooh. that's kind of what happened. Oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's, it's just weird. Stuff. But the cistern had been built over and it, you know, it's that kind of stuff that just is, it just gets you every time. It's like, oh, and there's always, like, you find out after the fact there's always something. There's always some backstory or um, something like that. So what did you do in that case? Were you able to, like, you know, help the ghost to find the light? So child ghost you know, stuck I, in a well for eternity? <laughs> well, and it was a child. It, the, the child energy is actually easier to work with. Um, but... I actually just kind of, I went there and we did some kind of smudging stuff and that sort of thing, but then um, kind of gave some different things to kind of say and just kind of like telling the owners to kind of just imagine just it being a safe space and kind of just surrounding that child that had the issues, just kind of in this positive bubble of light and just kind of watching it float away. And um, that actually cleared things up. The dog was fine after that. So, Aww. but a lot, a lot of these things, like you think that it's a lot of like chanting and that sort of thing. But I think it's it's more about like really pinpointing where the problem is, what the problem is, and having the right kind of visualizations to kind of accompany it because it's the intent. Um, I mean, there are certain things that definitely a good smudging, oh my gosh, makes a huge difference. Uh, but some of the things are just there. I want to say it's when you don't have, when something feels off, but somebody's not really going after you in some way. It's not like a negative energy exactly. It's just kind of something happened there. Um, that it's a little bit, you, you kind of deal with it in a more subtle way. You don't have to bring out the big guns for like every case. Makes sense. In what case, how, how do you go about bringing up the big guns when when it's necessary? 
Oh, gosh. That's a tough one because, I mean, your guns can only get so big <laughs> before <laughs> you have to before you have to say this is not peace out. You know what I mean? Like this is not yeah. healthy. This is not safe. There is no fixing this, especially if it's environmental. Um, and the weird thing about the environmental stuff is that it sucks you in. Like you go to a place that's just really wrong and um, it doesn't even take that long. And people, you could be there, I don't know, 20 minutes, half an hour, and you could start getting really bad headaches, um, body aches, things like that. You could feel dizzy. You could feel nauseous. Um, it's just it. you really shouldn't be there. So um, it really kind of depends on the case. And I've also noticed, though, that the people involved, especially with the bigger cases, the, the things that are just more problematic, um, the people involved – the way they perceive things or what they're going through definitely impacts the situation. And so trying to like figure out what they're going through and help them heal their own mess actually helps them because then they get to a point where either they are less open to the yuck because they're raising their energy because they're fixing their own problems. um, And then things aren't an issue anymore or they get healthy enough to leave a really bad situation. But, um, I mean, definitely the the smudging, um, you know, there's different sound techniques that help. Um, it's just, it's a very weird intermingled, and that's the kind of thing where you have to really feel it out with your with your gut and figure out exactly, because there's so many layers to it. Like, there was a case where... There was, they were seeing things, but they were also, like, hugely, the couple themselves was going through so much. As a couple, you know, the husband had cheated on the wife. Um, They were, the wife had taken over, I guess, or because of the cheating, the wife had gotten the business put in her name. Then they had some sort of, then somebody outside of them, like, tried to do the business or something and then somehow I still don't quite understand they explained it to me but they ended up being on different sides of the same case in a legal battle and it was chaotic awful energy and it was they were a lot of the problem it was it was a very messy thing but the other thing is that like they their house number like the number energy of your house affects things um so numerologically speaking, if you live in some place that is vibrates at like a five energy, um, there's always a positive and negative to every number. But if you have that five energy and it's out of balance, you have a lot of chaos and destruction and things like that. And they happen to be in a house that was a five, like just a five. That was their address, five. So <laughs> it was just... Um, it was thing after thing. And when I walked through their house, I, I did end up feeling multiple things. But the, one of the ones that kind of got me the most was this one in the basement that um, I'm like, it feels really wrong. And something happened here. And they're like, yeah, that's where, you know, so-and-so killed themselves. And it was like, okay. <laughs> okay, well, there's they that. Have an answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> 
they did. It was it was a historical place, but it was just like, oh my gosh. So, um, yeah. Oh, so here's a question that like I was actually talking with some friends recently, and we were talking about like if there was a difference between regional ghosts. Like, uh, my one friend's from the South, and so, like, yeah, he's, like, you know, felt spirits all over the damn place because, you know, the South are haunted, where I'm just, like, yeah, I think I feel like Midwest goes, they're just kind of, like, oh, didn't see you there, I'm just going to sneak past you. I can't really pull, like, ghosts. <laughs> I'm like, do you know that? Like, you know, if there's, like, a difference between, like, regional ghosts. Oh, definitely. Because I think that, you know, every, you have different layers, you have the cultural layer and the history of a bunch of people believing and thinking the same things. It turns into that collective unconscious that kind of just floats in that area to begin with. Um, And then, you know, it just, it's, so you have those people kind of believing that stuff and, I think it also does kind of depend on the area that there's different and you you know from like even the the old stories from like Norse mythology or different things like that like they had very specific things to their region and you know a lot of them kind of fulfilled similar roles but they were very kind of different for whatever that region was Like, I was just thinking, like, I mean, as much as I say, like, oh, I've never experienced ghosts, it's not my thing, like, I really don't talk to them, they don't talk to me, but I remember, like, any trip that I've ever taken to New Orleans, especially the first one, I was like, oh, yeah, I feel it here. It's a different beast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, um, it's. I can imagine New Orleans is, and I mean, then you have that, that, uh, that was something that else that I was going to say was that, you know, depending on the region, it's, there's a lot more power to certain regions than others because of the things that they practiced as a culture. And I think that, you know, voodoo and things like that, it, it's definitely, um, and things like Santeria, like there's, there's things that just kind of really weave that, energy into kind of everything. You know what? I actually think we have a caller. Oh, really? Wait, I'm going to see if, because of the switchboard situation, um, still not completely. It's been so turned around for me lately. Hello, you are on with Mystic Chick and Virgo last. Hello. Oh, hi. I'm Donna from Pennsylvania. I um I just turned the show on. Are you taking questions? We could take a question. I have about eight minutes left, so yeah. Oh, okay. I I have um some someone that I was in a relationship with, and he said he's going to be going overseas. He's in the Army Reserves. Do you see him going? Um, we were actually talking about ghosts. Did you actually hear the episode or you just called in? No, I just called in. I I thought that, yeah, I'm sorry. I thought it was a reading. No, that's all right. We could could talk about, um, you know, like 
people who are dead, just like, you know, not the living ones right now. <laughs> but, you know, oh, like, oh, okay. Since you called in, though, um, there is a quick little reading I can do just to, if that might actually give you a little bit of information as to what's going on around the situation, if you give me half a second. Oh, thank you. Hello? Oh, she's just getting her cards right now. (laughs) Oh, okay. Sorry. They were across the room. All right. So this is just, um, it's just a yes or no spread. Um, normally, like, if you ever want to reach out to me um, and you'd like more information, we might be able to schedule something because I can do a definitely a, a more in-depth reading for you. But this is just kind of an on-air thing. Um, so I just need you to kind of, like, focus on for a minute just kind of um, the question itself. Like, how are we – what exactly are you trying to find out? Okay. Um, he he had, had told me that um, – He's going to be going over overseas or something. I, I think it's something they sign up for. He's in the Army Reserves. He gets out in a, in a year and a half, and he says by the time, but because we're on the offs now, and you know, I just do you see him really going overseas? Okay, so what I'm hearing, and I could be wrong, is the His question isn't exactly. I'm sorry. His name's Ergen. Okay. What I'm seeing, though, is not – the question isn't, is he going to go overseas or not, but you're saying he's – you guys are kind of, like, on and off? Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay. And, technic- and technically now you guys are not dating, right? Well, um, kind of. It, it, it's, it's a very comp- – comp- it's a it's – a, it's a situation. <laughs> it's Facebook status. So can, it's complicated. Okay. Now he, he's been so calling can, me. You know, he's been texting me. You know, a little bit, and I'm just trying. You know, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Okay. I'm getting kind of a negative reaction from this guy, but anyway. Yes. So, so <laughs> I feel. And I'm, I can do the – I actually, there's two questions you could ask. Either are you guys meant to be together or should you continue to see him? That's one question. The other question is, is he going overseas? And honestly, I don't think whether or not he goes overseas is really going to answer the bigger issue. But um, I really get the sense that he is not good for you. Has he kind of, like, put you through stuff before? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm cutting him off. Um, that's what I'm, I'm basically doing. But I'm just curious to see if that's why, because I, I don't, I, I haven't been answering him. So I wanted to, want you know, is that why he's reaching out? Like he goes over to Turkey to see his family sometimes. So I really meant, is he going over with the Army Reserves? Because you might pick up ah. that he, yeah. Okay. So um, very quickly, I'm just going to ask you one question, and you can decide which question I ask. But um, do you want to ask if you guys are meant to be together, or do you want me to ask if he's going overseas? I know we're not meant to be together, I don't think. Um, 
is he going overseas? Is he leaving to go okay. with, with the Army overseas? Okay. So just focus on that question in your mind, and I'm going to shuffle, and then just tell me when it feels right to stop shuffling. Just say stop. Like keep thinking about that question. Don't answer the question. Just keep thinking about it in your mind over and over. Okay. 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 Are you there? Yes. Okay. So what I'm doing is I'm just counting up to 13, and I'm looking for aces, and I'm making three piles. So two... So we've only got two minutes left, so I'm going to make it quick. But um, basically, uh, it's a no but yes, so I don't know if that means it's going to take a little time or um, that he kind of is reticent about going. He doesn't really want to go, but he feels like he has to go. Um, And I'm also seeing the Five of Cups, which is known as the Grief card, and it's the, the... quintessential kind of card of sadness and despondency uh, in the tarot deck. So um, I don't know what that means for you, um, but there definitely is a lot of emotion with this and um, just kind of even from him. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's an emotional guy, but um, there's definitely a lot of emotion around this situation. There's always emotion, even if it's tucked way deep down inside. <laughs> uh, you, you mean for, for for me or for me or someone else or? or or for or for him if he's like the type of guy where he's not showing you his emotions? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, he doesn't show his emotions to me. It, it, he, yeah, that's that's the the part why I think we you know why we're not kind of together he he wants to like he'll, he'll send me an emoji with flowers i'm like what's this for and i i now i just cut it down to thank you when because we've been kind of seeing each other off and on for 10 years so you know and it's 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 stopping like I'm, I'm healing from it i'm trying to healing trying to heal but something inside me and, and he thinks, still keeps you know, like buzzing around yeah, like, are we meant together or to be together, or we, we get, or I, I, I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> I, I think you've got a complicated situation because there are kind of like karmic ties uh, between you two, and you're not. Your energy is too, um, too lumped together, too inter interconnected, and so you, for your own health. Um, need to to um, kind of work on cutting that cord that's linked to him 
and it's an energetic cord. It happens actually a lot when some people are bonded to each other or attached to each other for a long period of time. Um, and it doesn't even have to be a long period of time. It could just be a very intense relationship also. But um, there, there is a way to kind of just, if you sit there and you kind of get to a place of calm and you envision this person wherever he is and you just kind of have this pair of scissors energetically and you just kind of envision snipping that and watching him kind of float away with love and just be like, okay, whatever happens, happens, whatever's meant to be is okay. But you then are your own person and you're protected. And whether you guys end up together or not, um, at least it won't be this almost like, feeling like being without a drug, which I kind of feel for you, it kind of is. It's like that's always like nagging at you kind of feeling. Yeah, I think it's that way for him too. I'm not sure. It always yeah. goes both ways. Yeah. But yeah but so I would definitely let's just say, say And let's just say quickly, like, um, so much love to you for doing what's right for yourself and um, cutting off a situation that you know ultimately isn't good for you or isn't going anywhere or isn't just like what you want out of a relationship. It takes so much strength to do that. So kudos to you for taking that leap. Uh, well, thank you. Especially when there's, uh, you know, when you, you know there's a lot of love there. It's just, it, it doesn't make sense, but yeah. I guess it makes sense to him. It's a lot of time, yeah. Well, usually there's a reason. I mean, seriously, not to be, but there's mm-hmm. usually something, some reason why you decided it wasn't a good idea, and I don't know what that could be, and I, I'm not trying to pry, but I'm, I just think you should listen to your gut. If, if there is some yeah. reason why you cut things off, just you need to start working on yourself to make peace with the situation, let it float away, and kind of visualize bringing things that are more compatible into your life, better experiences, people that are, that resonate with you better, that will kind of help you be the best, healthiest you, you can be. Right. Yeah, I'm trying. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I know. I know it's hard. It's a process. Um, And, you know, it's just, but it looks like, it looks like he will end up leaving. Right, I see. He he was having a lot of money problems and stuff, and met someone with with money. Uh, um, maybe that was it. It's, it got himself into something he can't get out of. That that's what I got out of it. But I'm not a psychic, so I don't know. Well, I just the vibe I'm getting off of that situation is that you need to let sleeping dogs lie and just kind of think about the next phase of your life, I think you will be much better off if you do. Right. And I'm kind of excited about it because it's been going on for a while. So I'm, I'm in the healing process, but I just wanted to reach out and ask that question, but thank you. Thank you so much. Oh yeah. I wish the best for you. Definitely. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye.
Okay, wow. And we are actually... Are we over time? We are over time. We are over time. (laughs) Um, Any last thoughts or did you you have any other questions? You know, I had a Halloween-esque question. I'm not sure if we have time to uh, get into it right now. Okay, it's up to you. We could either table it for next session or we can, it actually went into streaming mode, so it does record for whoever ends up playing this back later. Okay, well, okay, since it's timely. Okay, so as we all know, it's Halloween and the veil is thin right now. So if someone wanted to contact the spirit world, maybe like, you know, just see what's floating around them, try and get in touch with their ancestors right now, what would be the best way to like take advantage of this time? Oh my gosh. There's so many ways. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, part of it is looking at the moon phases. Um, I know that on Halloween itself is going to be an amazing moon situation, um, and the fact that it's on Halloween, I think that that would be like the best, best time if you're going to try anything. Um, and you like having a more intense location would only make it that much better, but it doesn't, you could do it from your living room. Like if you did it in a graveyard and you don't even have to like do it, um, you know, at night, you can just kind of even midday on Halloween just kind of wander into a graveyard and kind of spend a few minutes and set intentions and whatever. Um, What exactly are you trying to do with this? Oh, I'm not doing, I was just asking like, you know, just in general question for people. I mean, like if I did anything, I would probably like, you know, want to communicate with my cat who passed away last winter. I don't know. I was thinking about like, you know, maybe filling up his favorite treat ball with treats and just like leaving it in the kitchen as an offering to him. Oh, that's so sweet. But yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's about timing. So you you either time it with kind of a, a, either a, an astronomy kind of event situation, a moon phase, um, or you can use it by um, energetic location um, somewhere that you feel like a really strong energy from or a strong positive energy from. But if you are, whatever you end up doing, I think it's just about sitting quietly and just kind of really visualizing who you want to connect with and just really kind of taking the time to kind of build that bond and reach out and get to know that feeling. Um, and it's just so different for everybody, but I think that anybody can do it and it, it actually doesn't take that long. Sometimes people need to keep trying and it's a practice before you actually connect. But um, if you set the intention that you want to connect with a certain someone or even just that you need a certain type of energy in your life, um, that stuff will come. You just need to keep practicing and remain open. All right, and yes, this would be a good time to do it because it's the blue moon this Halloween. That's what it is. Oh, my gosh, I am so doing that myself. Like, I am, Halloween is going to be a great time to reach out, and, yeah, so excited about that. I mean, we can't do anything. Usually for Halloween, I'm in a costume, I'm out with friends, I'm at a party, I'm on a dance floor. That's not happening this year. So maybe I will just sit quietly on my kitchen floor with a treat ball in front of me and try to communicate with my cat. 
Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it'll it'll be a, a nice a nice night for you and um I think you bring up a good point though. I, I definitely am going to be working uh that day to kind of connect with some things. So this is that's a good good thing to think about. Yeah, twenty twenty has been an intense year. Like energy all over the place. So it does kind of make sense that, you know, like right now, like, yeah, we just need to like, you know, kind of like turn a little bit more inward and figure out what we yeah. want from like, you know, what we want from 2021 and 2022 and <laughs> on down the road. You know what? I think that's a great point too, because, um, you know, they say that kind of like when your energy is unfocused, whatever you give your attention to kind of manifest or whatever. And I think that just the nature of our culture nowadays, like 2020, just, it was bound to happen eventually. Like everybody's been yep. so kind of like tuned out and like they, you know, weren't exactly certain even what to focus on. I think part of it is just that we have too many things thrown at us all the time. And, you know, part of this whole pandemic thing and it's 2020 is not just about the pandemic, but part of the pandemic has definitely caused us to slow down and start to really focus on what's important in our lives. And, you know, I think that um, if we don't end up taking the time to do certain things, if you wait long enough, the universe will find a way to give you that time. Yup. <laughs> oh, yes. Is that ever true right now? <laughs> It's like, and so the universe just gave us a big slap down and, like, sit down, stay still, and think about your lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that the takeaway is is what kind of you, you said, which is, you know, you want to focus on what you want out of, you know, the next year and, and life and everything else. And I think that that is the key to kind of getting through all this is to say, you know what, I am going to own my life again. I am going to tune in. I am going to really consciously create the life that I want instead of being kind of a passenger on a roller coaster of crazy. <laughs> a roller coaster of crazy. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like it's time to manifest some good stuff. <laughs> So, um, but no, Halloween, I really do. It is the most magical time of the year for lots of people out there. I absolutely love it. And um, there's just something so magical and so mystical, and you can feel that buzz in the air of just kind of that thinness mm-hmm. of the veil. And it's it's just amazing. And so definitely tap into it, make the best use of it you can, because it's just an awesome time. All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. (laughs) Happy Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time. And I don't even know. It'll be be a mystery show. (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure something out. I feel like we have a lot of jumping points right now. Yeah, if anybody wants to contact us and give out suggestions of what they want to see, what they want to hear based on what they heard tonight, Definitely. I'm going to post some links yeah. on the show page, too, of, of ways to contact, and definitely I'll post another thing through Facebook. But, um, 
yeah, just kind of getting some more audience participation and stuff. Good times. <laughs> and we'll break out those cards a little bit more. I really, um, <laughs> it's interesting because my, my skin was really dry from all this hand sanitizer and I've like a cut on my thumb and I kept trying to shuffle and it's like, ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will get that fixed before the next show. <laughs> Intense lotion for you. <laughs> yes. Maybe even a band-aid. Oh my. All right, um or I'll be like those you never even see them anymore. Do you remember the old lady old ladies who had the rubber fingers, the little love? <laughs> cap on their thumb or oh, something. Yeah, I, I actually just I was watching an episode of Shit's Creek and uh, David's boyfriend um, has one of those and he was talking about how he was like, I love you for wearing them even though they, because you think that they turn the pages faster, even though they don't turn the pages faster. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of need one of those actually. <laughs> Might look on Amazon. I could probably get a pack of 30 for like, you know, 20 bucks, and then I could just hand them out. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I actually, I treats, then at least I would be a lot faster. There you go. I, well, I went to this, uh, the, the Dangerous Lullabies art exhibit um, several times this month because it's free and it's two towns away. But, um, they the opening night really is the schnizzle because and I'm gonna to have to see if next because of the pandemic I I didn't even go to opening night but um next year I'm hoping maybe you can come out for that because it's it's a really good time it's on a Friday night, um, but they um I think this time it was actually on a Saturday night probably because of the pandemic, but in the same art art thing as as the this other exhibit they had like this lady who made ceramic baby heads they were really <laughs> cost effective baby heads. They were, and this is up in Woodstock, the the courthouse up there is an art gallery, and um, they also have a clay makers guild, and so they have like this whole section of people just making clay things and and you know pottery and stuff and selling them, and it's super cool. But like this lady with the baby heads, and she had baby heads on just plain baby heads. She had baby heads on different pieces of fruit. She had baby heads on walnuts. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to save up my money. I'm going to come and I'm going to buy like 10 or 20 baby heads and all sorts of different things like, you know, some plain ones and some ones with nuts, just like candy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to just start giving them to people as gifts for really any occasion. And then people are going to like see me coming and I'm going to have the gift bag and they're going to all know what I'm giving them because I will have gotten around with baby heads for so long and I'll just be the baby head lady. <laughs> You're totally going to be the baby head lady. You're really not going to you're not going to get anything else. It's like, oh, you're having a baby. Congratulations. Here's a baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are getting married. You want to have a baby because you're getting married. Your baby head is on a piece of fruit to remind you to be fruitful. <laughs> Uh-oh. One of the couples in the market. Oh, my God. I, don't know. I might be able to commission one of, like, a baby head on a pineapple because I know pineapples have a double meaning. That's a whole nother show. So it can be like, we you know, the anti-fertility fruit? No, it's like a swingers thing. Um, 
which is why it's going to be another episode. I still have to do that. But, um, no, a baby head on a banana, which I actually saw there, that could be given to multiple people for all sorts of meanings. Like, you know, maybe you're single and you pick up the baby head with the banana and you give it to the guy that you have your eye on, but you're afraid to talk to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that would be a conversation starter. <laughs> so, you know, food for thought, literally, because it is food, sort of. But anyways, so much to talk about for further episodes. I am very psyched and pumped about what we are going to come up with next. And on a final note, happy Halloween, happy full moon, happy blue moon. Yes, happy blue moon Halloween, everybody. Stay inside, wear your masks. Woo! <laughs> Sanitize early <laughs> and often. <laughs> All right, have a good night. All right. Happy Halloween. Good night, you guys. Bye. Bye.